Greetings and salutations. It is May 25th, 2022, and I am uh, going live on Spreaker.com. have a few things to do before I get rolling, but um, it is the Sweet 16 episode of FOMO's a Mofo. And I will not be doing any sort of rendition of uh, uh, Hilary Duff's Sweet 16. That was uh, featured on the Dead or Alive Extreme 2 soundtrack. <laughs> Good song, though. But, um... Well, let me see. Uh, it's It's been a crazy couple of days, or day and a half, I guess you'd say. Um, I was planning on doing a live stream yesterday, and then with all the uh, news going on about the school shooting in Texas, it didn't feel real appropriate to do the podcast. I mean, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I I think eh, more important things going on right now. And stuff, because it's like, I still kind of feel like that too, but, you know, the longer I put things off, uh, the more behind I get. But, uh, let's see, just plugging the show on social media, and and I am typing, sorry for dead air, but, uh, well, uh, it's hard to uh, type and talk and think at the same time. <laughs> but okay, that's done. And that's done too. Okay. I've done all the sharing on the social medias. So, I guess there's nothing left to do besides actually uh, do a show. Let's see. And it's going to be a, a good show. We have a lot of PlayStation news to talk about today. Um, I'll run down those things at the beginning of the show. So do I acknowledge the burp, or do I leave it alone? (laughs) But, um, let's see here. Got some news on the physical release of Shredder's Revenge, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that thing looks so neat. So, so neat. But, um, yeah, and a lot of stuff in pickups, too. Thrift stores treated me well this week. <laughs> or a week and a half, or however long it's been since the last show. I can't keep track, people. I can't keep track. Well, it's been a couple of minutes since I started. I like to give. 
a few minutes for uh, everybody to uh, get the stream loaded up, stuff like that. But um, I was actually able to uh, sit down and watch a few movies this week, which is uh, a pleasant surprise. Usually I don't really have that much of an opportunity. I barely have an opportunity to do the show. <laughs> um, let's see. I've got to put my uh, mic filter. There we go. Pop filter. That's what it's called. Pop filter. But um, I actually had the opportunity to sit down and uh, rewatch Shin Godzilla. And... Um, I'm, as I've said in the uh, previous Tokusatsu special um, some time back, uh, I, you know, I just love, you know, Godzilla movies and stuff like that. It's just one of those things I've just, I've loved practically, you know, I've loved it practically all my life. I mean, I remember being like four and my grandma bought me my first tokusatsu tape that being uh king kong versus godzilla it's like the uh one with like the bright blue and bright yellow and i think like hot pink uh text on it and stuff like that um and it's i've just been in love with it ever since and shin godzilla that's that's a movie that kind of leaves me um divided on it I mean, obviously, it's a good movie. I know that much. It's a good movie. Um, but part of the problem for me is that it is so reliant on, you know, just droning political dialogue in there. And, you know, it's like, you know, the entire human element of the movie is basically showing, you know, the Japanese government's response to this walking natural disaster that is Godzilla. And, you know, it's showing all the dialogue like, uh, Sir, we can't, we can't begin the attack on Godzilla until we have your, your, uh, your orders. Really? You need it right now? Yes, sir. And they do that like three or four times throughout the movie. And it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, uh, it, it's like it was okay like the first time through the movie because you don't know what's going to happen. Everything is infinitely more interesting the first time through. But it's like, the more you sit down and watch that movie, it's like, just get to the good parts already. It's like, the, the, the action scenes were great. I mean, the, and the fucking design of Shin Godzilla is absolutely terrifying. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. One of my all-time favorite Godzilla suit designs. It just looked so menacing, so evil, so just frightening it was perfect but you know when you have so much political dialogue in there and i mean you could have cut 20 minutes of dialogue out of that movie and it still would have felt a little bit too talky <laughs> um but you know i mean that being said you know the movie is the movie is good uh the ending is kind of a non-ending it feels like a cop-out if you will uh you know, basically they were setting things up for a sequel in the year 2020. And, of course, everything that happened in 2020 was, like, probably significantly worse than Godzilla himself. <laughs> um, but, 
you know, I, I'm a strong believer that if you're going to tell a story, do it within the medium that you have. If you're making a game, tell a cohesive story for just one game because no sequels, no spin-offs, no continuations are guaranteed. It, you just can't count on them being there. You know, and so many think, okay, this is going to be insanely popular and we'll leave some lore for... Or it's a, Did I say lure or lore? We'll leave some lore for the sequels to, you know, kind of expand up, uh, expand upon. And then we'll tell this in incredible trilogy. And, like, the first movie comes out and then they do nothing else afterwards. And this is kind of what happened with Shin Godzilla. Because they basically, well, I won't spoil the, moment, the, uh, the ending of the movie for you. But, yeah, it just basically kind of left things in a holding pattern waiting for a sequel. And it teased some things. It, I mean, it was it was really, really neat. I was really curious to see where, uh, is it Anno-san was uh, going to take the uh, sequel. But, you know, he's off doing, you know, we just finished up uh, Shin Ultraman, which is coming out. Uh, I think it's out in Japan. I don't know when it's coming out in the U.S., but, um, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, every time I watch that movie, it's like the action scenes are just absolutely spectacular. But, you know, the dialogue just kind of has me rolling my eyes and, you know, scrolling, <laughs> scrolling through Twitter on my phone or whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I just, I, I wish they had done some things differently and told a more cohesive story. But you know that is what it is and then last night and tonight or last night and uh earlier today i should say i uh sat down and watched howl's moving castle and this is the first time i've seen that movie or at the very least in its entirety i might have seen bits and pieces of it here and there on cable or whatever but um because like a few flashes here and there now that i've you know, fish the movie and thinking back on it, it's like something something kind of feels familiar. Like I know I've seen this before, but you know, I haven't seen much of it. I, I and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one of those movies I actually stumbled upon at a Goodwill for a buck. <laughs> and I mean, obviously that made my day. I mean, anytime you can get a Studio Ghibli movie in a thrift store for cheap, why not? <laughs> But, um, interesting movie. Um, basically the main character gets a uh, curse put on her by a witch and she's like suddenly old and, uh, you know, then she needs the help of this, uh, wizard howl or she's, or is a magician. I don't know anymore, but you know, it, it's an interesting story. I mean, I feel like it's one of those things where the plot was kind of overshadowed by just the uh, quality of the characters themselves. I feel like the Ghibli movies are more, at, le at least to me, it was like whenever I watch them, it's not necessarily about the plot or the story of it. It's always about the experience of watching the Ghibli presentation, if you will, the incredible art style, the, you know, the characters brought to life by, you know, big time actors and actresses. It's like this one had uh, Christian Bale in it. And uh, one of my Twitter friends pointed out to me that this was actually the very first time that Christian Bale did his Batman voice in in any movie, and you know, I, I after he, you know, they said that, it's like I um, 
you know, I listened to it because I, I felt I, I started falling asleep last night about halfway through. Um, I, I watched it too late. That was on me. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I started listening for that, that Batman voice. And there was like one scene where, you know, Howl is, you know, kind of brooding or healing or something like that. And, you know, he really does sound like Batman, you know, and it's it's just one of those things where it's like, hey, he did the thing. He did the thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it was a good a good movie. Um, you know, to be honest, I kind of liked um, uh, Kiki's Delivery Service a little bit more. Um, and of course, it's been years since I've seen Princess Mononoke and I love that movie, too. That was my introduction to Studio Ghibli. I remember uh, two of my friends when I was growing up, say, you know, they were talking about all the scenes that happened in this one movie, Princess Mononoke, and I was just like so curious about it. I was like, what the hell is this thing? And then I finally got to see it, and it was really, really good. Um, but man, it's... I can't remember how many years it's been since the last time I saw it. I know I bought it on DVD... I want to say I got it out of Porter's Books, so it's probably been well over 10 years. And, you know, it's been, you know, I've maybe watched it twice since then. And, you know, going on this uh, Studio Ghibli kick, I guess you'd say, I might have to pop that one in again. And uh, sit down and give that a spin. But, um... You know, I think I have, let's see, I have, like I said, I have Howl's Moving Castle, Princess Mononoke, Kiki's Delivery Service, and the last Studio Ghibli movie I have on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever is The Wind Rises. And that movie really didn't do much for me. It left me kind of cold on it. Um, you know, it's, it was just kind of... You know, it kind of took a turn there at, at the end. It's just like, oh, uh, yeah, not really my thing. But um, kind of depressing, if I remember correctly. I, I watched it once um, maybe five years ago, something like that, four or five years ago. And it just never really resonated with me. I, I don't really have much desire to go back to it, in spite of how much I love Studio Ghibli films. I uh, might have to do it just for the, uh, you know, sake of sake of argument or reaffirming my opinion on it. But I don't know. I got more more movies I haven't seen yet. Why waste my time on one I know is going to depress me? Well, we have been on the air for about fifteen minutes. I will retweet my post about being live. And then we will get to episode 16 of FOMO's a Mofo. <sighs> Let's see here. Do, 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 do. Retweet. Give it a like. And do the same over there. Do, 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 do. <laughs>
Okay, got the cute little emojis. And there we go. All right. Well, I think it's about time to get the ball rolling on episode 16 of FOMO's a Mofo. Hard to believe it's been 16. 16 episodes, a couple live streams in there. Got myself something to drink. There is no alcohol in it, so it's not like the show's going to get better or slash worse as, I, as it goes on. <laughs> I will not be uh, drunk off my ass by the time we get to pickups. May 25th, 2022, episode 16 of FOMO's a MoFo. Let's do it. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot something. Well, boy, am I glad I noticed that. I didn't finish up the, uh, the intro portion. And let's see. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Let's get rolling. May 25th, 2022, this is FOMO's a MoFo, a video game collecting podcast. Coming up on today's episode, Sony has already screwed up PS1 Classics on PS5. TMNT Shredder's Revenge is getting a limited run physical release. And is EA for sale? Welcome to FOMO's a MoFo, a video game collecting podcast, episode 16, sweet 16. I am your host, Blue Swim, and we are live on Spreaker.com and on Spreaker's podcast player app, as well as streaming digitally after the fact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and several other wonderful podcast providers. And you know, it is important for you to subscribe to the show on Spreaker.com or on the Spreaker podcast player app so you can get notifications as to when live streams go uh, live. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's uh, definitely a good way to uh, keep up when uh, the show is going. Uh, yeah, that's right, live. So... Basically, we have a uh, pretty big show. Uh, I am not intending on railing on Sony today. I mean, I don't, I don't hate PlayStation or anything like that. Far from it. But uh, yeah, it's um, yeah. There's there's been some uh, not so good news stories this week regarding uh, PlayStation and PlayStation Three and PlayStation Five and. PlayStation 1 and Vita, it's just, yeah, it's been kind of a uh, clusterfuck, if you will, of not-so-great news stories. Uh, 
But we'll offset that with some news on Shredder's Revenge. And there's actually some big news within the Shredder's Revenge news. That is uh, definitely great if you are in the limited run collecting uh, market. Then over in new releases, we have a couple of new things to talk about. Uh, including the uh, latest in the uh, Dynasty Warriors spin-off games. And, uh, uh, well, I was going to be able to uh, talk about that one in pickups, but uh, Best Buy uh, didn't get my copy to me in time. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, well. Oh, well, I got plenty in pickups that I can I can uh, mess around with to keep me busy. And uh, speaking of pickups, yeah, like I said, it's been a pretty good week, I gotta say. Or, uh, well, actually, it's been a little bit more than a week. But, yeah, some good stuff to uh, talk about there in pickups and impressions. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at FOMO's Mofo, And you can also follow my personal account at Blue Swim, where I uh, rant and rave about wrestling and... Uh, Retweet uh, videos of uh, cute cats jumping on things. Seriously, even I don't know what the point of my own Twitter is anymore. <laughs> well, let's get rolling with collecting news. And I'm not trying to dogpile on Sony, like I said, but uh, the first story, it's not a good one. You remember with the PlayStation Classic the uh, little mini original PlayStation console that Sony put out about uh, three or four years ago. Hard to believe it's been that long already. But uh, basically the problem with that was that a selection of games were actually the PAL version, in spite of the fact that they were releasing here in the U.S. in the uh, NTSC region and that basically resulted in slower gameplay uh, uh, differences in versions um, you know censorship issues I think as well well uh, in the immortal words of bad news Barrett I'm afraid I've got some bad news so apparently the games have gone live in Asia I think I'm, I'm trying to remember the, the rollout if it's south Korea and Taiwan, I want to say. I could be wrong about that. But apparently the uh, PS1 classics on PS4 and PS5 are starting to make their way out as the service is launched and rolled out. And unfortunately, uh, the PS1 classics on PS4 and 5, just like with the PlayStation Classic Mini, are running at 50 hertz because they are the PAL versions of the game. Or the games, I should say. Uh, yeah, so all the uh, good news about trophies being added, you know, retroactively to these things. Uh, yeah, it's kind of offset because, yeah, this is not good. I mean, you know, the uh, I don't know that this can be altered or changed or anything like that. But, you know, when a game runs at 50 hertz, it's like you really feel it. It's like I know with the uh, PS Classic, it's like I loved... Tekken 3. I love the fact that they actually got Tekken 3 included with that because there were some actual uh, licensing issues in, uh, involving Gong, the uh, little dinosaur secret hidden character. Apparently it was a manga character over in Japan. And uh, they actually sorted out the uh, licensing issues for it in order to get Tekken 3 included on the PS Classic. 
but uh, you know, when you were playing it, it's like things felt slightly a little bit more sluggish than they normally do, especially if you're used to the uh, U.S. release like I am. And you know, that's just it's 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 one of those things where it's like. I mean, it sucks, but it's playable. Uh, I mean, it's not like these things are not going to f- just work at all. They're just not going to run how we know it. They're, I mean, it's like you're seeing version differences. Like, um, because it's the PAL versions, like there's a different logo and a different dub, as as a matter of fact, for um, for Ape Escape. You know, you have the uh, the UK dub or the British dub to it and um that's basically completely different from what we grew up with over here in the states so it's like mm, that's uh not quite how i remember it dude uh but you know more than anything it's just it's kind of boggling that sony fucked this up again but apparently Somebody speculated, and I'm not sure if this is actually true or not, if it's like an official statement on it or whatever, but apparently the PAL version has better support as far as uh, languages and regions go. So, uh, I, I guess localizations is maybe a better word than regions. But, you know, it's like we haven't even really gotten gotten into the service yet over here. We We don't have it over here yet. And already, it's like, I'm not so sure I want to pay 120 bucks a year for this. I, I mean, I didn't want to pay, you know, 60 bucks a year for PlayStation Plus because I don't like playing online most of the time. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. And uh, unfortunately, the hits keep on coming because apparently... When you stream PS3 games using this new PS Plus uh, service, uh, unfortunately, uh, streaming the games on PS5 will not allow you to use DLC for any of these games. Think about that for a minute. Now, this was the era when DLC really, really took off on home consoles. You know, you look back on Street Fighter Cross Tekken, that had DLC characters, costumes, gems, you name it. You know, and if that game ever comes to this PlayStation Plus Premium or whatever you call it, then you are going to be stuck with the default version. That just sucks. I mean... You know, it's it just seems like there's more and more reason for me to just kind of wait on the service and see how things kind of get ironed out, ironed out as time goes on. But man, it's just—I mean, Sony has the knack for absolutely draining your enthusiasm for whatever it is they are doing, and uh, unfortunately. We are not done talking about Sony and the PS3. And this time we're going to roll in our good little friend, the uh, PlayStation Vita. And I loved that little console. Love, love, love it. And unfortunately, 
I don't love, love, love this. Because, uh, okay, so recently, the PS3 and the PS Vita got an update. And inside that update, uh, well, apparently it uh, disabled a certain feature. And that feature that it disabled was the ability to transfer games and other data, I guess maybe DLC, uh, to the Vita from the PS3. Because if you remember correctly, you could download things to your PS3 and then copy them over once you connected. And the functionality for that has actually been broken for quite some time because of the way Sony implemented their two-factor authentication. It's like they were, it made it impossible for the handshake between the Vita and the PS3 to actually go through. I'm not sure what the technical reason for it was, but basically uh, this is the, the nail in the coffin for that feature. And honestly said it before i'll say it again this is the kind of shit that makes me so apprehensive to go nothing but digital because sooner or later something's going to get turned off because it's not profitable and then you are fucked and that's exactly what we're dealing with here i mean downloading stuff to the uh ps vita from this from the ps3 it's toast it's gone. Goodbye. And I don't think it's a matter of uh, firmware updates making the difference with it, because if I remember correctly, when in order to transfer things over from the PS3 to, to the Vita, you had to be uh, online and signed in on both systems. So if your you know system is in previous update version, uh, then you're going to need to update in order to sign in to PSN in order to try to transfer the games. And when you update the system, yeah, you're not going to be able to do that anyways. You're fucked. <sighs> it's frustrating. It's like, you know, stuff like this, stuff like the censorship issues that, you know, some games have had to deal with. It's like, it, in a way, it feels like Sony... And, and you know, I, I've talked about this before, I think, with, like, uh, Gravity Rush uh, getting cancelled and um, and with Gran Turismo with the uh, always online uh, connectivity uh, issues. It's like, I feel like Sony is actively pushing me away from their platforms. It's like, you know, I want to be excited about, you know, the PS5 and all the neat things that they're doing on there. But I got to be honest, my interest in picking up that system, I mean, it's not zero, but it's way down there. I mean, it's, there's just not much on there that gets me all that excited. You know, we have the issues, like I was saying, with Gran Turismo 7's always online connection. It's like that's just a recipe for disaster because eventually the service is going to go down and then you're not going to be able to do anything with it. And I've already jumped to the end and I haven't even bought anything. And I love Gran Turismo, let me tell you. And it's just, you know, hearing stuff like, you know, the last couple of stories that I've had to mention, it's like, all it does is push me away from the brand. And, you know, to be honest, a lot of the first party games that they are putting out aren't really, you know, resonating with me all that well to begin with. You know, I'm... I know there was, you know, talk about, you know, 
triple A burnout or something like that. And it's ridiculous to one to a certain extent, but I kind of get it because a lot of the uh, major triple A games, it's like they feel so samey and in, in spite of all the differences they have, it just, you know, it feels like it, it just feels like there's just very little difference in the actual gameplay experience. It's like it's beautiful, it's immersive. You know, there's usually some sort of a uh, halfway decent story that you can probably see all the twists and turns coming for it. But, you know, I mean, I just, I, I'm not seeing much of anything on PS5 that's really getting me enthusiastic. And, you know, I'm, you know, really big on first party games. You know, I loved, you know, things like Forza Motorsport, uh, Halo, uh, Project Gotham Racing back in the day. It's like, I loved, you know, Microsoft's offerings of first party games in the uh, original Xbox era and like that early to mid 360 era. It's like, that was really good too. And then it just became the uh, Halo Gears Forza machine. And it's just, they've lost me ever since. And, um, you know, when your first party games aren't really resonating for me, and the ones that are, you are actively pushing me away by, you know, doing stupid things like the online connectivity or um, or just flat out canceling the franchise because of closing the developer like with Gravity Rush. I mean, it's like, when I hear stuff like that, all I can think of is, yeah, I, I'm not interested. You know, I, I'm not interested in your platform. And I don't want to be like that. I mean, I've, I've loved PlayStation for 20-something years. I mean, it's... It's ingrained in my soul, you know. But there's just very little for me now. And it's pretty depressing. But let's uh, kind of turn that frown upside down. And we're going to talk about the physical release for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. And it's good news, dude, because the game is getting a physical release from Limited Run, but, 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 it's also going to be coming to major retailers. So you are not going to get screwed out of getting a game if you, or getting the game physically if you don't pre-order in like a one-month window or a six-week window or whatever. It is getting a physical release on Nintendo Switch, on PlayStation 4, and... Wait for it. Wait for it. Xbox One. That's right. Limited Run is finally doing physical games for the Xbox. That is a big deal. This is going to be the first... Well, I'm not sure when it actually ends up coming out, so there might be something before this, but apparently this is the first announced Limited Run game on Xbox uh, on the Xbox platforms. This is the first uh, time out for them. And it's a pretty damn good game to cho to uh, do that on, too. Because uh, everything I've seen for Shredder's Revenge looks just phenomenal. Uh, I think they brought back the uh, voice actors from the original, uh, original show. And, I mean, everything I see is just giving me those uh, Turtles in Time vibes. And I am just all about it. But, 
There's even more news regarding Shredder's Revenge, and uh, Limited Run said on Twitter, quote, A release of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, comes to LRG plus major retailers this year. Okay, so we know it's this year. It's, if there's any doubts about it, it's cleared up now. Tune in to LRG3, which is their you know live stream for E3, on June 6th for a collector's edition reveal. <laughs> and let me tell you, I'm looking forward to it. Um, hopefully, uh, I'm going to be able to do a live reaction for LRG3. I'm planning on doing a lot of live reactions for all the various, uh, you know, non-E3 E3 events that are going to be coming up in the next few days and weeks. So, um, there'll be a lot to look forward to there. I might put the regular show on hiatus if if I'm going to be doing so many live streams and there's going to be so much news to keep up with. Um, I might, I might take a few weeks off and just do the live streams, the live reactions, because that's where the big news is going to be anyways. And I'm going to do it anyways, so I might as well just kind of focus on those for the time being. And then once that's wrapped up, get back to the regular schedule on it. That's my tentative plan. I might, I might go back on it. Just, just word of advice. <laughs> I am prone to changing my mind. Did I say minds plural? Do I have more minds in me than just one? Who knows? But anyways, as far as collector's editions go, there was a European one. That was announced for uh, Shredder's Revenge. And that one has like a soundtrack CD, uh, a random turtle mask, you know, one of the four uh, turtle colors. Uh, let's see. I want to say like a like a, a sewer top uh, metal coaster with it and like an art book and stuff like that. I mean, there was some neat stuff in this like this PAL region or European version. Uh, that they announced. So I'm expecting a lot of things like that with the limited run games version, but who knows? We'll have to wait for LRG3 to uh, to find out. But definitely looking forward to it. That's one of my most anticipated games of the year, to tell you the truth. You know, that, that is definitely going to be uh, getting bought. Now, moving on, there is another thing that is now blipped on my radar, and that is Super Bullet Break. And basically, this is a cute anime waifu RPG, I guess you'd say. I guess. I mean, it kind of gives me a little bit of, like, Monster Mon Piece vibes, if you will. Um... But uh, this game is now coming out physically, and pre-orders are open. And there's going to be a day one edition for Monster... Er, for, I want to say Monster Mon piece. I, I have expect that to get ported to Switch at this point. Uh, but uh, this is actually um, a day one edition for Super Bullet Break, excuse me. And it's going to include a... Uh, a book with uh, art and info on the characters and all that stuff. I really couldn't see too much about it, and I couldn't quite make out the title because it was hidden behind some other artwork in the promo image I saw. I mean, that that's kind of a goof. <laughs> you don't do that. 
But um, and that's all going to be housed inside an oversized box. So it's not going to be like a book, but it only fits inside the switch case. So it's going to be teeny tiny. It's going to be a, you know, a little bit bigger book than you're probably expecting. But um, that is uh, available for pre-order now. I think it's on Best Buy, Target, and maybe Amazon. I'm not sure about the last one. And that will set you back $39.99. Um, I don't know exactly when this is coming out. I believe the uh, physical version was announced last month. So it's probably going to be some midsummer release, if I had to guess. But, um, yeah, if you are into the uh, cute anime waifu obscure anime type games, yeah, this is probably something right up your alley. And at the very best, it's not exactly a wallet bra- uh, wallet buster at $39.99. Now, last on collecting news, and uh, this is uh, definitely a uh, big story, potentially. Uh, yeah, EA is exploring options for a sale. And... I'm kind of surprised by that, tell you the truth. I always thought EA was one of those big companies that would keep swallowing things and swallowing things and swallowing things, and it would just grow and grow and grow. But now, apparently, they are interested in uh, selling themselves to either Apple, Amazon, or Disney. Or at the very least, they've had conversations with all three of those companies. I gotta imagine... You know, just sitting sitting here and thinking about what each of these companies would run EA like. You know, with Apple, I can see them making exclusive games for, you know, the iPhone and the iPad and stuff like that. I mean, if, if you know, if Apple bought EA, that would basically send Madden, in, in my mind, unless they decided to go multi-platform with this stuff or let EA be run independently or whatever... I mean, that would basically, you know, chase a lot of these games off of home consoles and maybe make them Mac exclusive. I mean, they that would be a great way to uh, get people to uh, switch to switch to Apple or at the very least pick up a secondary device just for gaming. I, just, I don't know. I, I, I can't see Apple being a great fit for EA just because of how varied and how you know, massive their franchises are. I mean, they'd have to, they really would have to continue the same strategy they're on right now to, um, you know, to really make that deal worth it. Especially with, you know, the NFL license, which is definitely not cheap. Then you have Amazon, which quite frankly, I think Amazon would probably be the best fit for um for EA simply because Amazon would be looking for an exclusive product that you'd have to get on Amazon and if they are making like special limited editions or exclusive content and stuff like that for all these major franchises but you have to get them through Amazon they would probably recoup that that cost very very quickly uh, you know, I just I, I can't see that being a terrible investment for Amazon as long as they don't, you know, mess things up too badly with it. 
you know, by, uh, I just, I just, truth be told, I don't know how Amazon would necessarily mess it up unless they just flat out abandon almost every franchise that EA has, which wouldn't make sense to, uh, to buy it to begin with. But I mean, if you're going to buy EA, you buy it for the sports franchises, you know, Madden NFL, um, EA Sports FC, formerly, um, soon to be formerly FIFA 20, insert number here. (laughs) But, um, and then there's Disney. I don't know what to think about EA and Disney possibly getting together. You know, I, I just, they don't really, I don't know. I mean, the more I think about it, it's like, well, Disney does own ESPN. So that would kind of basically fit with their um, cross-promotional, you know, their cross-branding, I guess you'd say, something like that, uh, efforts, you know? So that could potentially be a decent fit. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's... It's an interesting idea, if nothing else, but I'm not sure which option I'd like to see EA go. I mean, EA is just basically sports games with a lot of microtransactions at this point. And occasionally Star Wars games with, wait for it, microtransactions as well. Somebody was uh, joking on Twitter, and it was like one of those things where it went viral about somebody's going to buy EA and then realize that you know, in order to get the full EA experience, they need to buy like 10 other microtransactions <laughs> to truly own the company. <laughs> and uh, that's probably not too far from the truth, if I had to be honest. <laughs> well, that will do it for Collecting News. Back in a moment with new releases. Alrighty. Gotta go plug the show again on social media. Ready? There's that. And there's that. So hopefully somebody's listening live out there. Let's see. Got 47. Let's talk new releases. And this week we have seen the next installment in the uh, spin-off of the Dynasty Warriors franchise and this time it's featuring a PC gaming, mobile gaming anime franchise. Uh that being Token Ranbu Warriors. And I've also heard it pronounced Token Narambu. I don't know if that's the right way to do it or not, but uh, take your pick. But uh, I actually talked about this on the last episode, so if you're curious about my impressions on that, uh, check out episode 15 of FOMO's Mofo. 
and uh, basically there is a demo available for it and um, it, it basically goes through the uh, tutorials on it and I was hoping to be able to talk about it a little bit but um, at, or at the very least give my impressions on the full retail version but um, yeah I apparently got my pre-order in a little too late for Best Buy to actually get my copy to me like on launch day so <laughs> uh, crap Oh, well, you live, you learn. Mostly. Sometimes. But, um, yeah, basically this franchise, uh, this uh, Token Ranbu, uh, my understanding is that it's basically kind of like, you know, Tome meets uh, card game type thing. I, I don't know. I, I, I've never played it. I've never checked out the anime or anything. But everything about this just kind of struck me as like one of these games where it's like going to be like really obscure, really rare in relatively short order. Or it's just going to flat out clearance out to 20 bucks and I'm going to be like, son of a bitch. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I went ahead and uh, got my pre-order in on that. And basically this is uh, also available on Steam, but it is a Switch-only release on consoles, which is kind of surprising. Uh, I'm not sure why they did that, but, um, well, there you go. But, uh, yeah, there is a demo available on Switch. I'm not sure about Steam, but, uh, yeah, give it a look if you're curious about it. It's actually pretty neat. Uh, normally, I like to have, like, a decent mix, you know, you know, decent percentage male-to-female ratio with the roster. This one is all men, so it's a little bit different. Um, you know, primarily because of the Otome vibe to it, or genre, or whatever. So it's not usually something I play. Uh, not usually, I, I guess you'd say my preference. I don't know. I'm not sure how to. I'm not sure how to clarify because I never do anything with the Otome genre. Um. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's out there, and you can find it somewhere. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's out, <laughs> it's out now, so it's, you know, that means, uh, you can at least get it on Amazon or something like that. But, uh, yeah, Best Buy dropped the ball with me. Or maybe I dropped the ball with me. I don't know. Who knows? Next up is Sniper Elite Five, and this is out on PS4, PS5, and Xbox Series X, uh, both physically and digitally. You can get a uh, regular version, which is just the uh, standard re uh, standard release. I mean, God, you know what a regular edition is. Uh, for 60 bucks, And there's also a $90 deluxe edition, which is available physically and digitally as well, I believe. And that comes with the uh, season pass, which has like two com two campaign missions, two weapon skins packs, two character packs, and six weapon packs. And uh, to make the offer even sweeter, Best Buy has a ten dollar gift card with it. Uh, typically, I guess they tend to do that whenever the uh, pre-orders are kind of lacking for it. I think sometimes, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just a deal with a publisher. I have no idea. But that just seems to be the trend from what I've seen. And um, I saw a little bit of gameplay for it on Twitter. And it was basically the uh, x-ray of 
the bullet going through somebody's brain as you play the game. Yeah, not interested right now. Well, not usually interested in general, but especially not now. Not with everything going on in the news. Yeah. <sighs> but at the very least, you know, the Sniper Elite games, I mean, obviously they're halfway decent if they're up to number five. <laughs> so, you know, if you are looking for something like that, there you go. Then you can save 10 bucks on it. And that uh, $10 gift card, that applies to the uh, digital or the physical deluxe edition as well. So you can get that for 80 instead of 90 Now, next up is a game coming out on Friday, and that is Pac-Man Museum Plus. And I talked about this when it was announced uh, maybe two months ago, something like that. And this is going to compile 14 uh, various Pac-Man games. I think, like, Pac-Mania is in there. You'll have, like, Pac-Attack. And... I mean, basically, they loaded it up with this just about every Pac-Man game you can possibly think of. Except for maybe Miss Pac-Man? I don't know if that one made the cut. Anyways. But uh, this is coming out on... Uh, I, I believe... I believe digitally on all three platforms for 20 bucks. I don't know that's 30 on Switch digitally. I don't think that had the Switch tax applied to it. Uh, yeah, but you can get the uh, physical PS4 and Xbox Series X release for $19.99. That, that's perfectly reasonable for a compilation like this. And it's Pac-Man. Everybody knows how good it is. But the uh, Switch version will run you $29.99 if you want to get it physically. But, um, this is a household that loves Pac-Man. So, uh, yeah, definitely check that out if you are in the market for more Pac-Man. Waka waka. Waka waka. Oh, wait, that's Sesame Street. Never mind. <laughs> now, next up is the physical release of Eastward. And I believe this was published by Chucklefish of Stardew Valley fame. I could be wrong about that. But, um, you know, this is one of those games where it's like, I, I've heard some good things about it. I know it's an indie title. And I just, I haven't gotten around to checking it out yet. I just, just there's so much on my plate as it is. I can barely keep up with the, with the things I pick up. Much less the things I don't. But uh, the physical version will run you 35 bucks, And the digital one's been out for a little bit. I want to say it's cheaper than 35 maybe 25 Could be wrong about that. But um, it's definitely worth checking out because I have heard good things about it. Now, one that I have practically no idea about whatsoever is actually something coming out tomorrow, the uh, 26th, apparently. And that is Biomotor Unitron. And if that name sounds familiar to you, then you might have played the uh, original RPG for the Neo Geo Pocket Color. This is, I guess, another one of those uh, standalone releases of Neo Geo Pocket games. And if it's like the others, it'll probably run you $7.99, something like that. 
But uh, apparently this was the uh, first RPG that ever came out on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. So if you uh, have some good memories of that one, good news, it's going portable all over again. And what's neat about the uh, Neo Geo Pocket Color ports is if it's like the uh, the uh, the uh, Selection Volume 1 that I picked up from Limited Run, then you can actually use the the buttons that are displayed on the screen to play the games. Like, you can use the control stick to move the characters and hit the right buttons to do, to, uh, do whatever attacks or moves you need to make. And uh, I, 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 that just blew my mind. It's, and it's such a simple thing, but I don't know. I, it's like one of those things where it's like, I'd play it once or twice just for the gimmick of it, but maybe, but probably not just, uh, just as my uh, dedicated mode for playing those games. But um, that's such a neat feature. I always love that stuff. You know, even if I don't use it very much. And the last thing on new releases that I have to mention is Kirby 64 The Crystal Shards for Nintendo Switch Online's Expansion Pass for the Nintendo 64. I don't know how the hell you properly word that, so just go with it. (laughs) But um, apparently this one's actually suffering from some sort of a game-breaking glitch at the moment. I'm not sure if Nintendo's already gotten around to fixing it. I haven't seen anything about it. But apparently you get to a certain point and I guess the game starts crashing on you or something like that. But on the bright side, Kirby 64 is pretty good. I remember getting about halfway through and struggling with one boss. And of course I eventually just put it down because something else got my attention. But, um, you know, at the very least they're adding, you know, stuff to the uh, Switch Online expansion pack, you know, relatively regularly. Um... I think we got Majora's Mask last month, and now Kirby this month. So, uh, yeah. They can keep that up. And, of course, we also had uh, several titles for the Sega Genesis uh, added as well a few weeks ago. So, uh, yeah. Nintendo's doing what they can to to justify that extra 30 bucks a year. Uh, Personally, I'm not sure if it's worth it for me quite yet. But, um... You know, they're they're going in the right direction, though. I'll, I'll give them that much. They are definitely going in the right direction. Well, that'll do it for new releases. Now it's time to get to what I picked up this week. And, well, maybe a few days extra on top of that. And I teased it last week, if you listened to the live stream, or actually I think I might have told you flat out if, if uh, you listened then. Uh, but I managed to pick up uh, 13 Sentinels, I guess, or Aegis Rim. I, I still don't know how you say it properly. I know they said in Persona 3 Portable, the character named, I guess, oh, wait, no, is that spelled differently? Anyways, I'm just going to call it I guess Rim. If I got it wrong, screw it. It's my damn show, and it's my my reputation here. You know me and my ability to butcher names on these, uh, on the show. Uh, how many have I actually gotten right? But um, I actually sat down and I played a little bit of it, and uh, I'm saying I'm just a 
about at where I left off with the PS4 version. So like, like I said, I picked the right time to uh, to go ahead and double dip on it. But that game is just so visually striking. I love it. I love, love, love the visuals on it. But um, basically, this is a visual novel meets strategy role-playing game, I guess you'd say. And it's from Vanillaware, so you obviously know that the character art and the character sprites or whatever, they're going to be really nice. And, um, you know, from what I've played on the Switch, you know, it runs just damn near perfectly. I had no problems in portable mode, no problems docked. I actually come to think of it, I don't know if I even had the chance to sit down and dock it. I think I just played it on uh, on the portable screen, and it just looked gorgeous. But that's been uh, dropping to 39 lately, so... Uh, and it doesn't seem like one of those games is going to have like a huge print run to it. So, um, you know, maybe uh, pick that one up sooner rather than later, but who knows. Uh, if you want the uh, three art cards that come with it, yeah, definitely try to get it sooner. I don't know that any of the other printings uh, have happened yet, so I you might be able to get the art cards, you know, anyways, even if you get it now. And, um, I mean, they're neat. They're basically trading cards. I mean, that's kind of how they look. But the artwork on them is nice, too. Now, the next thing that I picked up is one of these physical releases of digital games that, you know, I had one of them and I wanted to have a physical copy just because I'm picky about that stuff <laughs> for obvious reasons, as you uh, heard earlier. But uh, it is the Star Wars Racer and Republic Commando 2 pack. And I played through uh, Star Wars Episode One Racer on the Switch a few months back, or at the very least, I played through the, uh, the regular mode. I haven't gone through on the mirror tracks on all of them yet. But, um, and of course, just like with the original release on the N64, I uh, got first place on all of them. And it was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> oh man, that game is tough, but it is good. It holds up really well. And um, Republic Commando, I, I think I picked that up on the Xbox for like a dollar at a thrift store one time. And um, I never really did too much with it back then, but what I've played on the Switch has run really well, looks really good. You know, about as good as, um, you know, a Xbox original Xbox era game would look here in 2022, you know, in widescreen and stuff like that. But, um, you know, uh, what I've played of, of Republic Commando has been, like I said, really, really good. It's, um, I think maybe like an underappreciated Star Wars title. You know, I know within my circle of friends, there's like one or two people that, you know, really like that game. And a lot of other people, I don't think even know it exists, <laughs> much less care. But, um... You know, if you want to get the uh, physical release on that, it's a little bit more than buying it digitally on sale. I think when these titles drop on sale, I want to say Racer gets down to around like seven fifty, and uh, I think Republic Commando drops to about like five bucks whenever that's on sale. I'm not sure. Maybe Racer goes down a little bit further now, but um, yeah, and you know, 
If you love Star Wars, if you love the Switch, absolutely worth checking it out, especially for Star Wars Episode One Racer. I mean, say what you will about The Phantom Menace, but the fact that it inspired and spawned that racing game is, you know, that makes it A-OK in my book. And um, also, we got Duel of the Fates from uh, John Williams. What an amazing song. <laughs> but um, next up, it's some thrift store finds. And um, my first one, it... Um, it didn't work, but it's easy enough to fix. You know, I might need to get a replacement part for it if my uh, thorough cleaning doesn't work. But I actually managed to find an original model of the PlayStation 2. No controllers, no cords, no hookups, no nothing. Just the system itself. And it does power on, and, you know, I am getting some, uh, some drays, some discreet errors, if you will. So I'm going to try to open it up and, you know, thoroughly clean the laser on it. I mean, of course, the system is like, what, 22 years old? I mean, for it to have issues, it's like, oh, I'm shocked, <laughs> you know? Uh, so I might need to jump on um, jump on eBay and get a replacement laser for it or something like that. But it is a relatively simple fix to have the original style of PlayStation back in my collection. Because I had one... I had the launch, or not the launch one, I had the uh, Gran Turismo 3 bundle for um, uh, for the PlayStation 2 back when it came out. See, I told you I love Gran Turismo. <laughs> and um, I wanted to say, I started having problems with the disc drive on it. I wasn't sure if it was having... It's It's been a long time, so I, I think... I think it was having trouble reading some discs and maybe like the uh, the uh, tray the la or the lens the the brackets that the lens moves on were starting to kind of stiffen up or something like that because I remember lubricating them back in the day but it's just I think it was like making a grinding sound or something like that and I ended up getting it working long enough to uh, trade it into GameStop and get the uh, slim model at the time. And that one served me well for quite a while. I ended up having to replace the disk drive in that. <laughs> but um, I stumbled on it for 10 bucks, so I, I, I got a good deal on it. Even if it doesn't work, you know, I can... If I if I wanted to sell it for parts, I could probably make triple that. <laughs> but um, I'm intending on fixing it and getting it cleaned up. So hopefully that'll work. Whenever I get a few minutes, and maybe after I finish my uh, latest custom model, I'll take on that project. And uh, next up, I actually got a uh, a few uh, classic sports titles for a buck a piece. You know, I mean, I don't mind picking up cheap sports games. I mean, a lot of people, it's just, you know, they can't stand the thought of it. But it's like, you know, okay, so what? The roster's out of date. Doesn't mean it's not a bad game or not a good game, <laughs> you know? Either way, take your pick. But um, I managed to find, and this is uh, one of the... Uh, better finds i guess you'd say uh ncaa football 13 which is um the second to last ncaa football game that they ever put out on ps3 these are all on ps3 actually and in good shape and complete um but i got ncaa football 13 ncaa march madness 08 i, I love the uh, college basketball games i don't know why i never watch it but 
I, I like my games. Go figure. Um, Madden 25? Hey, wait a minute. It's only 22. How can it be Madden 25? Oh, the 25th anniversary. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, FIFA 09 and FIFA 13. I actually have FIFA 13 already, but it was a uh, just a, a disc-only copy that I got at a thrift store super cheap. So I figure a buck for, you know, a complete copy, why not? Um, and last but not least, Tiger Woods 12 Collector's Edition. And apparently that has, like, some extra DLC and some courses and stuff like that. And I guess it's physically on the disc. I haven't checked it out or anything like that. But, um, you know, a dollar for, for some sports games. It's like, I mean, I... I'd blow a dollar on an arcade game when I was a kid and it would last maybe seven minutes, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, getting however much thrills I get out of any of these things for a buck. I mean, yeah, why not? I mean, it's cheap thrills, quite literally. And uh, last but not least, and I haven't had a chance to do anything with this. I just just picked it up. And it is No More Heroes 3. And um, basically, this is this completes my uh, trilogy of the No More Heroes games on the Switch. Yeah, except for uh, Travis Strikes Back, but that's probably like exorbitantly expensive by now. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've liked the No More Heroes games, at least what I've played of them. And, you know, this one has been sitting tight at 60 for God knows how long, I guess since launch. And I don't know that it ever went on sale for more than maybe 10 bucks off. So I thought, eh, probably a decent time to, uh, to jump on it. Because I don't know how much lower would probably realistically go. And I always feel like it's one of those things where I'm just going to assume it's going to be there forever. And then, sure shooting, that, uh... I'll, I'll go and decide, okay, now's the time to get it, and it'll be gone. And it'll be like 112 bucks on eBay or something ridiculous, you know? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I haven't even had a uh, chance to uh, get that one out of the shrink wrap yet. Because I just got my paws on it. But um, this was a rather good week for pickups. Even though the the PS2 doesn't work, that was... That was definitely a good find. I, I mean, you know, what a, <laughs> take a take a chance on on you know getting a working PS2 for ten bucks? And yeah, why not? I know how to fix it. I've done it before. I can do it again. You know, but um, that's basically been my uh, week plus of pickups. And uh, unfortunately, when I am out of pickups, that means I am also out of show. And I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of FOMO's MoFo. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on your podcasting platform of choice. Uh, I definitely recommend subscribing on Spreaker and the Spreaker Podcast Player app because you can subscribe to the show and get notifications about when we are doing live streams. But you can also grab the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Pod, uh, CastBox, Podchaser, and GeoSavan. 
And if you get the chance, uh, please drop the uh, show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, because that will help with the visibility of the show. And uh, also, uh, I greatly appreciate it. Seriously, I don't have a website that, uh, you know, helps build this, build up the audience for the show, so I need every like and retweet I can get. And speaking of likes and retweets, you can follow the show on Twitter at FOMOZAMOFO or my personal account at Blue Swim. Well, that'll do it, everybody. Have a great week and happy collecting, everybody. Peace. Seriously, we need peace. Peace, damn it. Not a bad show. Not a bad show. Of course, I am a little biased. (laughs) They're all not a bad show. (laughs) Except when they are bad. (laughs) Well, uh, like I said during the show, my plans for the upcoming, uh, I guess you'd say June E3, not E3 fest, I guess you'd say, are basically that uh, I'm planning on doing a lot of live streams for, you know, the major conferences. I'm sure Nintendo's going to do a Nintendo Direct at some point. Uh, Maybe there's going to be, like, a PlayStation State of Play. Uh, Just whatever the main major, you know, live streams are, like the LRG3 thing, I'll live stream that as well. Um, You know, basically, you know, when I do all the live streams... I'll pretty much be covering a lot of the stuff I would have talked about on the show normally, so I might just do the live streams for those things and then just return to the uh, regular schedule of the show um, after all those are done. That's that's my tentative plan, but I need to see how the uh, schedule lines up and how busy weeks get and how much crazy news there is to talk about. Of course, there is new releases in there too, and I forgot about that, so uh, who knows. I'm doing my best on this. You know, I'm juggling a lot outside of it, so... You know, all the support that you can show as far as, like, retweets and likes and stuff like that, you know, it helps keep me going because it's it's a grind sometimes just, you know, getting myself in the studio, getting my work done, you know, taking my notes and stuff like that. You know, it's just... I, I have the tendency to be a workaholic. And sometimes I have to force myself to slow down and play games. It's like I always see a new project here, a new project there, rather than just, you know, sitting down and relaxing and watching a movie. Like like what I was saying earlier in the uh, pre-show, it's like just sitting down and watching a movie is sometimes difficult for me. Because whenever I get, you know, a moment or a quiet moment, you know, that I want to sit down and watch something, it's usually at the point where I'm, like, damn tired, and I maybe make it, like, halfway through the movie, <laughs> and then I just, start, you know, start fading. But, um, 
I guess that will do it for the live stream tonight. And uh, I want to thank you for listening. And um, I will have the uh, full edited version of the show up uh, sometime tomorrow, I believe. And uh, I, I guess that will bring this live stream to a close. I'm out of things to talk about. So I will leave it at that. And I will talk to you guys on the next one. Or the... Uh, Next live stream or live reaction, I have no idea what it's going to be. Stay tuned to at FOMOZMOFO or at Blue Swim, and I will keep you well informed of what things are going to be like. So, till then, take care, and again, peace. Peace, damn it. Peace. Night, everybody.